Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And uh... I'm just checking in on you. I'm just checking in on you. See now, hopefully your work week's going. I know a lot of people are working from home during this new normal. The new normal. Jesus fucking Christ. I will never understand you know, all somebody, somebody says it and then everybody else just, that's the thing to say. I want to say the new normal. Is it the new normal? Why can't somebody switch it up and just say, well, you know, the way shit is now. <laughs> that scares people. Don't use profanity. You have to say the new normal. If they just hear the word normal, they're going to feel more normal. I read some scary shit, you know was on Twitter, but Jesus, so who the fuck knows if it's true or not, but was saying by 2050, over a billion people are going to be displaced due to global warming. And uh, I, I just don't understand these fucking, these fucking people in power, man. They just keep, it's like a big circle jerk. They just keep fucking blowing each other, trying to make more money and fucking over regular people. And I just don't know where they think, they just think like, ah, what's going to happen after I die? It's like, you don't give a fuck about your kids? It's unbelievable. So, um, you got to pick that sweet spot, the sweet longitude latitude to buy your safety house. You know, far enough from the equator, far, far, You know, far enough inland from the ocean, but not too north to the polar ice caps. (laughs) If you can figure out where that place is, right? All the while, like in the back of your head, if you did pick the right place, then you're going to be one of the last few to survive. And then you're going to have to go through that, right? And I'll tell you what will be fucking great is all these fucking goddamn red states for the for a, the longest time have been shitting on Hollywood, saying we're all in a pedophile ring and all that. You wait till we're gone, red states. Then what are you going to fucking watch? Huh? Who do you think produced that fucking Duck Hunter show you used to watch? That was us. The bleeding heart blue ties. Um... <laughs> Well, in redneck television, they'll have it. They'll, they'll figure it out. They'll do something. They'll stick a generator up to a fucking satellite dish. They'll figure out how to do it. I got to switch it up here. I'm always shitting on fucking liberal states. I got to start shitting on the redneck states now. I just got to do it. I got to do it. Um, speaking of redneck, I found a, one of those fucking GMC uh, motorhomes that I love. I found, I found a fucking nice one, but, you know, my wife hit me between the eyes with logic. She's like, it looks like shit. I go, yeah, but the body's straight. I got a guy, he can fix the whole thing up and all this. She's like, how much is that going to cost? I'm like, well, you know, quite a bit. She go, I go, yeah, but once I have that, I can, I can do fucking road gigs in it. It'll pay for itself. I can do road gigs in this. Just listen to me. I can do road gigs in this thing. I can, we can finally go up to Yellowstone. I can take you out to Joshua Tree and all that. And she just starts laughing at me. I go, what? She goes, why don't we just rent one? <laughs> Or why don't we just get a new one if it's going to cost that much? Because it's not going to be as cool as stepping out of the fucking Ron Burgundy mobile. 
Come on, you like vintage fashion? Why can't I go out and buy a vintage fucking RV? Oh, it's unreal. I am so fucking tempted to just buy that. And it's a jalopy. I'm not, I'm not fucking kidding. This thing is a fucking hoopty. Needs a lot of love and care. I'm so tempted to just buy this fucking thing, have it redone, and then just one day you pull up when it's shiny. Shiny and new. Oh, it's exciting and new. Come aboard. Ron Burgundy's fucking you on that green bed. Right? If I just pull up in that fucking thing. Well, I mean, you know what I mean? How mad can she be? Go, let's go. Let's go to Joshua Tree. Woo! Right? <laughs> right? Just <laughs> take it down the street. You know, in a perfect world, that works out. In the real world, her bottom lip starts quivering and she starts crying. What else are you doing that I don't know about? <laughs> and runs back into the house. You know, and then the awful sound of me shut, sh- killing the engine. <laughs> Neighbors looking out. I don't know what happened. He pulled up in that big green truck, and I don't know. She started crying. Are they getting divorced? Is that his new house? Um. Anyway, whatever. A man can dream, Kenny. A man can dream. A man can dream. Speaking of dreams, guess whose dream fucking ended? Your Vegas fucking nights. Good lord. Dallas wins the first game. Vegas wins game number two. You think it's going to be a nice little back and forth? And then Dallas gives him the old right there, Fred. Pow! Right in the old fucking kisser. Bang, bang, bang. Ran the table. Ran the fucking table. They never got the ball back. That was it. They ran the clock. Just ran the fucking table. Congratulations. Dallas, Texas. Two things. Number one, you have a hockey team. Number two. Number two, they are in the Stanley Cup final. Stanley Cup, it looks like a giant shot glass. It's as shiny as the spurs on your fucking horse. It's as shiny as the truck you drive that's never seen mud. That's what I've seen out there. I've seen some of the cleanest cowboys I've ever seen in my life in Texas. You know, you got the real ones that live in the middle of fucking nowhere celebrating Hitler's birthday and doing some cowboy shit, right? finding their last little calf by looking up at the stars, whatever it is those fucking people do, right? Walking around with their assless chaps, you know? And then you got the fake ones, the ones who live in the cities, you know, where they have the four-door with an extra cab. The fucking bed is like two feet long by the time they're done with it. It's a goddamn living room in there. These shiniest fucking trucks. I've never seen so many pickup trucks in my fucking life that have never seen a day of work. Shinier than my truck, and I, I don't do any work in it. <laughs> anyway, you have a hockey team, and they're in the Stanley Cup final. Is it the finals, or is it the final? I don't know what it is. But I say anyways, so I call them the finals. Um, and they are waiting for the winner of the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the uh, Long Island, not Long Island, New York Islanders. I guess the Islanders won the last game. I missed the last game. Huge win for the Islanders. Two to one makes the series three two, you know. A little bit of pressure now on uh, Tampa Bay. Um, I was too busy watching. Um, I was too busy watching fucking uh, that amazing, 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 fucking amazing game. Celtics versus Miami Heat. Even though we lost, I mean, what a fucking block! That was a b- 
Block for the ages. All fucking ball against one of the rising stars in the NBA. I don't know shit about hoop. I just know a good game when I see one. And I also got a big... I hated seeing the Clippers lose because all the Laker fans out here were shitting themselves when they were up three games to one. They were legit nervous. And then the second they lose, they all start trashing them, including Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson was sweating the L.A. Clippers. You know, the fact that he had to go out and go tweet something, I was like, oh, my God, Magic Johnson was scared. Um, yeah, they were looking like world beaters. They were looking like the strongest team in the East. And what the fuck happened? Gee, it was like it was a lid on the goddamn basket. I watched that whole game. And I, can't, no, I watched the second half of that game. What am I talking about? I think I was the jinx. I didn't know what happened. Like the Clippers were up by like fucking eight. And the next thing you know, they were down by eight. And then uh, Paul George and Leonard couldn't fucking hit a shot to save their lives. What a game to go cold in. And then all of these losers, you know, who've never even had to sink a big putt at a fucking, uh, what are those little putting green things? What do you call those things? Uh, magic golf, miniature golf, you know? Haven't even hit a big putt there. Or is just sitting there trashing all of these fucking guys that could dunk on you and your entire family. You know, and then take the family portrait off the wall and smash it over your head. You know, we all have bad days. They had a bad day. My condolences to them. Congratulations to the Denver Nuggets. I'm pulling for you guys. You got to do it. You have to root against the fucking Lakers. Their whole fucking legacy is, oh, this is, this is where all the great centers have played. Yeah, but you never draft. You drafted George Mikan. You drafted some seven-foot guy from a YMCA in 1940. Other than that... None of them are yours. Chamberlain, Abdul-Jabbar, Shaquille O'Neal, LeBron James, none of them. None of them. Goddamn fucking assholes, and I think they're going to buy another one. Tell you, the Celtics got to get better at buying championships. We got to get better at it, man. We got to figure out a fucking way. You know, I don't know, maybe with global warming. You know, L.A. will be too fucking hot and on fire for anybody to play. And then all of a sudden we'll have like L.A. weather in Boston. You know, then Hollywood will move out there and then all the fucking hot ass will move out there. And then we can start getting the top tiered fucking people around the league. You know, I don't know who the fuck knows what. But uh, I think the Lakers got a great chance to win. I'm just fucking around. You know, I'm a Celtics fan. I fucking hate the Lakers. I respect I respect the Lakers. Okay, I respect it. Okay, they're out here in Hollywood. They got, uh, they got a bunch of bitches for everybody to bang after the game. They got great weather, and then they use that to, to their advantage. It's basically what it is. God bless them. Um, we have to somehow make uh, going snowmobiling and ice fishing cool to seven-foot black guys. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, but the Celtics are still in it. Um, this is going to be a great series. Um, I don't give a fuck. Obviously, I want the Celtics to win. I just don't want the Lakers to win. I don't. I just don't want to. Because then they're going to be tied with us with championships. And I'm going to have to listen to all these fucking morons giving me shit out here who don't know anything about hoop. As long as it's an old school Laker fan, then I actually really enjoy talking to them. But most of them are just like, ah, Celtics are bitches. Great talk. Um, anyway, uh, plowing ahead here. Let's talk NFL football. Um, the Patriots have 
Seattle. Cam Newton against Russell Wilson. Um, I don't know. These are like two teams in transition right now. I don't know what's going on with Seattle, and uh, I'm hoping that we're going to build off that win. Cam gets a little more comfortable. The receivers get a little more open, and maybe he doesn't have to run for 75 yards. I'm, I'm, I'm liking our offensive line. Continue to protect Cam Newton, and uh, we will see what happens. Um, tonight, Thursday night matchup. Who do you got? You got Joe Burrow versus Baker Mayfield, the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Cleveland Bears. Um, I heard Joe Burrow had a great game last week, and they kind of got fucked by some call at the end. I didn't see either one. Of, uh, I didn't see their game. I didn't see the Browns games, but uh, I don't know. I like both of those guys, and uh, so I'm hoping that's going to be a good game. And then the Tom Brady Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, excuse me, have the Panthers and Teddy Bridgewater, one of the great names in sport. Oh, Teddy. Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Black Magic. Um, remember that sexy beast? That was it, Teddy, Teddy Bass? I can't remember. Mr. Black Magic. Um, I hope this plane crashes. Um, anyway, I'm looking forward to all of that shit. There's like so much fucking sports going on right now. And I've been uh, really busy getting ready to um, do my little stand-up tour coming up that I am very excited about. Um, I got a couple of spots this week. I've gotten back into the groove, man. I've been riffing. New shit is coming out. I'm enjoying uh, all of that stuff. And uh, hopefully, you know, it all comes together. And then by the time I go out to the uh, farmland out there in Connecticut... You know, I could possibly uh, have some good shows. That's what I'm hoping for. You know, you can only hope. That's all you can do. You can just kind of hope. So anyways, we're coming down to it, everybody. I think, you know, uh, I don't know what we're coming down to. I haven't even looked at the COVID numbers. I just feel like, you know, as they gradually put the fire out out here. So fucking state's on fire. Um, COVID numbers. By state, by stat. Oops, let's see here. April, yeah, we we had nothing, and then we went up, then we peaked. Now, oh, we're going down. We're going down, down, down. This is good, man. We're going down. I like it. Let's see here. Uh, There's been 771,000 cases, 14,648 deaths. Um. 255,000 in Los Angeles County. What the fuck? 6,200 died. Riverside at 55. Oh, this must be 771,000 cases in California. Oh, okay. It said United States here. People, why do you listen to this podcast? Um, wow, man. There's been a lot of fucking people caught this shit. Not too many died. Six, seven, eight. Nine, about 10,000 people died. Three, you know, what do we got? Close to a million cases. Still a lot of fucking people, huh? Um, I don't know. Is it going in the right direction? Did you see those fucking idiots talking about masks? Like, that one lady's like, you know what? I got to wear a mask. I mean, George Floyd said, uh, you know, I can't breathe. He died, and now, now we're saying we can't breathe, and they're saying put on a mask. It's just like, oh, sweetheart, what happened? Uh, you didn't get the good books. 
Um, I really just think that that is just, it's really just, you know, the news media, you got to have a heart every once in a while. When you just get a fucking dope on to just, you know, keep the footage for yourselves to laugh. Why would you put that out there? You know, then they have this other one, this fucking sweet old lady. She's like, you know who likes mass? Child molesters. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, grandma. Go make some cookies. Please, please go make some cookies. You know, I didn't get mad at the grandmother. You know what I mean? It's just your grandparents say crazy shit. That's their job. Their job is to spoil you, make cookies, and you just you just never bring up politics, religion, race relations because all you'll be like, what the fuck just came out of that person's mouth? All of that Norman Rockwell look about him is it just it just goes away. It goes away. Um, so anyway, why won't you let me get this fucking RV? You know what? She's right. It's fucking stupid. What am I thinking? Where am I going to keep it? I'm probably going to use it like three weeks out of the year. And then I have a bus sitting out in front of my fucking house. Like, what am I, what am I supposed to do with that thing? Oh, man, it'd be fun. I wonder if I can just rent one. That would be great. Who's going to rent me their fucking... You know, I really fucking hate when I do that. Every time I try to see how much time is left on this podcast, I get like a, not every time, 50% of the time, end up hitting stop. Now I got to splice these goddamn things together. People, you know, there's no production value. There is no production value on this podcast. One of these days, I'm going to get a studio, right? I'm going to get a studio, and there's going to be somebody I talk to, and there's going to be sound effects. I'm going to fucking do this up. But until then, if you guys could just bear with me. Um, All right. All form. We can do a couple of reads here. All form. All right. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you've probably heard me talk about my Helix mattress. Very quick Helix endorsement. These guys make, okay, Helix has left the bedroom and started making sofas. They just launched a new company called Allform, and they're already making the best sofas we've ever seen. So basically, they make a custom mattress for you to sleep and nap on, right? Uh, napping is just a short sleep for people new to this planet, all right? Um, and now I guess they're going to make a, a couch that form fits to your body. Jesus Christ, you'll be nodding off all day. So what makes an all-form sofa really cool for status? It's the easiest way you can customize a sofa using premium materials at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. You can pick your fabric, and it's spill, stain, and scratch resistant. So just imagine the things you can do on this couch. Um, The sofa color, the color of the legs, (laughs) sofa size, and shape. To make sure it's perfect for you and your home. That's great. Uh, they got armchairs and love seats all the way up to eight-seat sectionals. For when you want to have an orgy and have no evidence of it afterwards, evidently. So there's something for everyone. And you can always start small and buy more seats later if you want. Um, later. Oh, and buy more seats later on if you want your all-form sofa to grow and change with you when you move. 
All form sofas are also delivered directly to your home with fast, free shipping. In the past, if you wanted to order a sofa, it could take weeks or even months to arrive, and you would need someone to come and assemble it in your home. All form just takes three to seven days. Oh, my God, to arrive in the mail. What the fuck are they doing over there? Yeah, can I get a green couch? All right. Yeah, no problem. Okay, we'll have a tantrum. Get your stuff, you fucking ass green goddamn couch out! Just immediately just start assembling it. They probably have, like, all the couches all fucking ready. And people just sitting there, you know, just, like, twitching, ready to grab some fabric. Um, I have an all-form leather couch for my office. It looks really fancy, but it's also comfortable. And if getting a sofa, they don't need me to say this. They're going to, you can have a fucking couch, whatever color you want, whatever size you want, delivered right to your house in three to seven days. You can't beat that. Uh, And if getting a sofa without trying it in a store sounds a little risky, don't worry. You get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. That's more than three months. And if you don't love it, they'll pick it up for free. Gross. And give you a full refund. Dude, you could shoot 300 days of fucking, no, 100 days of pornos on that thing and send it right back. Imagine that without a fucking stain on it. They even offer a forever warranty, literally forever, a forever warranty. To find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com, A-L-L-F-O-R-M.com slash Burr. And Allform is offering 20% off all orders for our listeners at allform, A-L-L-F-O-R-M.com slash Burr. A forever warranty. Good Lord. Whatever color you want, it's beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, look who's back. Indochino. Um, finding clothes that fit you just right can be incredibly challenging. Talk about how you feel when you find clothing that fits you just right. Well, I like to feel like I'm in shape, you know? You know, when you start putting on pounds, you just, you know, subconsciously start pulling your shirt away from your your, uh, your, your, your belly and your man tits. You know, you do that. Um, I hate having to do that. All right. Indochino's suits are great for weddings and work. And they even offer casual options like shirts, coats, and chinos. With Indochino, you can get custom-filled, custom-filled, custom-fitted suits, coats, and casual wear uh, at surprisingly affordable prices. Mm. Uh, customize everything from the fabric and the lining to the lapel shape and monogram. And since your order is made to your exact measurements, it always fits you perfectly. Yeah, provided you don't pig out or go puke behind a dumpster until it comes. Uh, If you're getting married, Indochino is a no-brainer for you and your groomsmen. Forget off the rack and they don't fit different body types. Indochino gives everything, everyone, a tailored fit. Order with ease and get it shipped fast no matter where you live. And with all the ways to customize, you can add a personal touch everyone will be proud to wear without emptying their pockets. The best part, Indochino suits start at $299 with all customizations included. Call to action. This section is mandatory. If you don't read this, you will not get paid. Uh, Visit one of the Indochino showrooms across North America or book a virtual appointment and shop online at Indochino.com. And right now, you'll get get 30 bucks off any purchase of $3.99 or more when you enter the code BURR, B-U-R-R, at checkout. That's Indochino, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code BURR, B-U-R-R. And lastly, but certainly, 
Certainly not Leasley. Certainly not Kenny Easley. Sorry. Remember him? Remember how big shoulder pads used to be? What a fucking... Was he? He was a safety, right? Uh, simply safe. All right. Here's the thing about home security companies. Most trap you with high prices, tricky contracts, and lousy customer support. So, while there are a lot of options out there, there's only one no-brainer. Simply safe. Simply safe's got everything you need to protect your home with none of the drawbacks of traditional home security. It's got an arsenal of sensors and cameras to blanket every room, window and door tailored specifically for your home. Professional monitoring keeps watch day and night, ready to send police, fire, or medical professionals if there's an emergency. You can set it up yourself in under an hour. Just peel and stick the sensors exactly where you need them. No technician required, and there's no contract, no pushy sales guys, no hidden fees, no fine print. All this starts at just 15 bucks a month. I'm not the only one who thinks Simply Safe is great. U.S. News and World Report named it the best overall home security of 2020. 2020. Um, try Simply Safe today at simplysafebird.com. You get a free HD security camera. There's nothing to lose. That's simplysafebird.com. S I M P L I S A F E. Burr, B-U-R-R dot com. There you go. Look at that. You can get a fucking sofa that's customized for you and your fucking thick thighs. Then you can get a suit that's exactly what you wanted, right to your size. You know, you got a big belly, some man tits and long arms. They'll make a jacket that fits. And then if you don't want anybody to steal it, you don't want your doppelganger to come into your house, take your comfortable sofa, and holy shit, does that jacket fit? I think it does. You get the Simply Safe. And you got an HD camera to see exactly what that fucker looks like. Right? When the Manchurian candidate version of you fucking shows up. Could you kill your doppelganger? Would that be fucking weird? Do you think it'd be easier to kill somebody who doesn't look like you? Or somebody who kind of reminds you of you? I guess that would all depend on whether you hated yourself or not. You know? Then you get busted, of course, because you didn't plan it out. And the cops ask you, is this sweating you? You know, and you're like, all right, all right, I did it. I did it. And they go, well, why did you do it? And it's just like, well, you know what? To be honest with you, I hate myself. And I just didn't have the balls to kill myself because it's against my religion. So I killed this person that uh, seemed reasonably happy, but sort of looked like me from a distance. Mr. Bird, do you need glasses? Uh, Yes, yes, I do. Well, I want to let you know that that person was strawberry blonde. Okay, they were not a redhead. Oh. Oh. Sorry about that. Well, we're sorry, too. Book them. Um, anyway, so the fuck am I? I, I just out of people. I have nothing to talk about. I have nothing going on in my fucking life. I am either working my ass off or just sitting in my fucking house. I've started production on a couple of things through uh, All Things Comedy. I've been working on those things. Those things are exciting, but I can't talk about them. I can't talk about them. Therefore, I cannot fill up the last three minutes of this fucking podcast. So evidently, this is just going to become a fucking staring contest. Um, no. Now, you know something? I got to be honest with you. The way you guys fucking raked me over the coals deservedly. Fucking get this goddamn cord off of here. Deservedly raked me over the fucking coals for repeating that story about Trump. I am now afraid to do any stories. About politics, which is probably a good thing. I'll get the fuck out of that. I'll try to stay. 
away from that because I know how sensitive people are. They take that shit seriously. Because I was just sitting there talking about killing your doppelganger because you didn't have the balls to kill yourself. All of that is fucking fine. But don't be fucking talking about actual goddamn people. Don't talk about some liberal woman who wants to run for fucking office and then don't talk about the square jaw fucking... There's not even... Is there even a woman Republican holding office? I mean, those people are just so fucking sexist. I'm fucking with you. Just waiting for... Actually, Geraldine fucking Ferraro was a Republican. Let me see. Let me see here. Women Republicans. All right. Here we go. Images of women Republicans. Women in the GOP. Oh, the grand old pussy. Oh, isn't that cool? In the right way. Women have played a key role in the Republican Party since its establishment in 1854. I would love to read that first line at an all-woman's college. <laughs> Just get an applause break. Good night. Um, the Republican Party and Republican women were the primary forces behind women's suffrage movement in the passage. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because they both switched. One used to be liberal. And then the other became conservative. Like, I don't understand how the fuck that happened. So then what Republicans like to do, um, you know, the people who were against slavery in the 1800s were actually Republicans. And it's like they flip-flopped. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think that's what happened. All right, read more. All I know is every woman that they have in the GOP is a, is a black and white photo. Looks like it's my first stand-up headshot. Now, women, ladies... Clambake, uh, women, Republicans, Kins in office, women serving in the 116th Congress. Now, I want to know who's re- more Republican women are running for office than ever. Women in the United States House of Representatives. Here we go. Come on, low number, low number. Uh, Nancy Pelosi. I didn't know she was a Republican. Oh, this is just women, right? Nancy Pelosi became the first female House minority whip in 2002. Jesus, that's none of that sounded good. Minority whip, all in the same thing. Like she went on to become the first and only to date female speaker of the United States. Oh, she's a lesbian. She's dating the speaker of the United States. Also in 2007, Maisie. Hirono entered the U.S. House of Representatives as the first female Buddhist in either chamber of Congress. Congress in 2011, the U.S. House of Representatives got its first woman bathroom near the chamber. What do you mean a woman's bathroom? I've never understood that shit. It's like, you know, you got it. Once you have a shitter in there, anybody can use it, right? Well, they just have a stand up fucking like a piss trough picture and tip o'neill dropping his pants taking a dump in that you would think that they'd have a toilet for the guys these people are fucking weird man politics is weird this is why i don't pay attention to this shit um all right anyways this has been the thursday afternoon just before friday monday morning podcast uh i gotta say god bless all of these firefighters out here in california saving our asses again this year and uh you know i really hope that there's more people, uh, I don't know, that there's just a way smaller companies that give a shit about the environment 
can start making stuff for everybody and we can actually buy stuff off of them and then they won't sell out to those cunts on Shark Tank, those types of people that don't give a fuck evidently about anything. Uh, my wife loves watching that show. You know, I hate that. It's just you're just watching people in a position of power, taking advantage of people. Hey, you got a great idea. Here's the deal. I'll give you the money that you need. I'm going to own 99% of your company and you can go fuck yourself. How about that? Uh, we were thinking maybe like 50-50. All right, I'm out. <laughs> and I like when they give an offer and then the people don't accept it. And then the sharks, they act like a bunch of babies. You know, because they didn't get their way. I, don't, I know it's just a fucking TV show, but um, that is how business is done. Oh, that's a great idea. I will buy that from you so you can get a nicer two-bedroom apartment, and then I will, my, me and my company will get all the credit for your fucking idea. When was the last time there was an inventor that you knew their name? Let me see. Famous inventors. 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 In... 2000s. Let's see here if there's anything. 10 things you didn't realize were invented. See, they don't, they skip right past it. 10 things you didn't realize it. List of inventors. All right, here we go. All right, this guy, these are the birth dates. 1906, 1840, 1879, 1914, 1901, 1916, 1960. Randy, Rondi, because it's with an I, Rondi, meow. Al Chushi, Chewy, invented the disposable cell phone. You know, yeah, looking out for drug dealers. Good for him. 1928, 1786. 1989, Ruth Amos invented Stair Steady. The fuck is that? Uh, Mary, Mary, 1866. Mary Anderson invented the, the windshield wiper blade. There you go. Momofuku. Ando. Get the fuck out of here. Momofuku is one of my favorite fucking places in New York to get something to eat. They got those big fucking bowls of uh, noodles and all of that shit. Asian uh, style. And uh, this guy, Momofuku Ando, invented instant noodles. Lived a nice long life, too. 97 years. Hal Anger. He invented the Gamma Camera. I don't know what the fuck that is. All right. Why don't we just see what they invented? Then I'll read the person. Single curtain focal plan shutter. Oh, Jesus Christ. Imagine having a conversation with that person. I notice you have curtains. I don't want to brag. Um, <laughs> let me try. Oh, here we go. Look at this piece of shit. 1788 to 1874. Neil Arnott from the United Kingdom invented the waterbed. You fucking, fucking dirty old man. Um, come on, there's got to be something good in here. Sawmill circular saw. Video game console. German-born American, Ralph H. Bayer. Look at the Germans trying to get credit. I mean, German-born American. 
Oh, he's born in Germany. He comes over. All right, all right, all right. Whatever, whatever. We'll take 50% on that one. Uh, come on. The Color TV. John Logie Baird. Scotland. That's right. He was sick. All those gingers looking fucking awful in black and white. Um, let's get one more here. Oh, Frederick Banting. Canada invented insulin. Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone. Didn't he steal all this shit from Tesla, or is that just some fucking bullshit? Uh, Ballpoint pen. The cheese slicer. Flash freezing. The stereo. The UK. Alan Blumine. Seatbelt. Sweden came up with the seatbelt. No wonder Volvos are so safe. The taxi meter. Germany, of course. Once you went 7.6 kilometers. Uh, come on, give me something. The lawnmower. We'll close on this one. Edwin Beard Budding, England. You know, I always assume that most shit was invented in America. You know, I don't know why, but look at all this shit. Uh, electron cooling, Russia. The Bull Engine, or a modified steam engine, England, Bunsen, Bunsen Burner, Germany, Horseshoe Machine, First Usable Iron, Railroad Spike, Scotland, the World Wide Web, was not Al Gore, it was Robert Kilau, Belgium, Stock Ticker Tape, that was the US, yeah, you want a fucking parade with some lies on it, yeah, we got you. Uh, induction coil, Ireland, quick release skewer, Italy. All right. This is just, who gives a shit stuff here? Tension spoke wheels. Artificial cell. Chapman stick. That's a chapstick. People, how do I get out? I'm down, going down a fucking rabbit hole. There's like a million things here. Neon lamp, dishwasher. You fucking cocksucker. Josephine Cochran, you fucking cocksucker. The, the goddamn dishwasher is the biggest lie of the 20th century. The fucking thing never worked. It never fucking worked. I used to do a bit about that guy. I used to do a bit about that guy. I go, I don't know who the fuck invented it. Oh, my God. I remember I used to do that bit. Whoever invented it was in a toxic relationship because they were getting nagged the entire fucking time because the goddamn thing doesn't work. It doesn't wash the dishes. It makes them wet. It dries them. It's great at drying them. It makes them wet, and then it dries them, and then it just bakes on whatever the fuck you cook there. All right, this has been a little extra long podcast. I got to get off the phone. Go fuck yourself. No, I got to go get on the phone is what I have to do. I got to get off the podcast. Enjoy the music from the great Andrew Themelis, and I will get back to you on Monday. Go Pats. I'm rooting for Joe Burrow. I am rooting for the Texans against the Ravens. Um, I always got to go underdogs here. And uh, what else? And I'm rooting for Tom Brady against Carolina. That's it. Have a great weekend, you cunts, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Please enjoy my segment on the Sports Gambling Podcast with Sean Green and Ryan Kramer. Coming up after the music.
Sports Gambling Podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Head over to MyBookie.ag to get in on all the NFL action and use the promo code BURR for a 100% deposit bonus. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code BURR. Joining us on the line, comedian, Patriots fan, Bill Burr. Bill, Pat started 1 0 in the Cam Newton era. How, how exciting was that? Um, you know, it was, it was definitely, I was happy that we got the win. The dolphins always play as difficult, always play as tough. I mean, um, I was excited the, about our offensive line looked good. I still saw, you know, some of the problems we had from last year slightly improved, but it's early on, you know, I have faith in bill Belichick. Cam Newton looked great. Um, I'm not too excited that he was our top rusher. Yeah. You know, 75 well, that, yards. I mean, I'm kind of old school with that where I just feel like you're going to get hurt. So hopefully uh you know, Sony Michelle will you know, pick it up those yards for us and he can stand in the pocket and guys like Harry can maybe step up or something like that. You don't like a viable number 2 receiver and I thought our, I thought our defense looked pretty good. You don't strike me as a jersey guy, but uh if you were to get a Cam Newton jersey, are you waiting till he Till he wins a certain number of games, till he hits a certain threshold. Yeah, dude, I, I haven't bought a jersey since I was like <laughs> a kid. <laughs> I mean, I can maybe got like a a Steve Grogan one. I think was the last one I had. I oh, that's had probably a badass throwback one now. Well, it wasn't the Mitchell and Ness version of it. It was the Herman Sporting Goods version. So, um, no, no, I'm all in with Cam. Cam's our guy, and you know, the guy is an amazing. Uh, quarterback. He's got incredible arm, field vision, and all of that type of stuff. They just got you just got to have more than one week to get on the same page. Now the other the other big game we talked about last week, Brady and the uh, Bucks went down to New Orleans. Didn't I get. Know, a- I went zero for two on my bets. Zero <laughs> and two against the spread, but your team won, so you kind of hedged yourself there. Brady looked good early. He had that he had that drive. He had the uh, rushing touchdown. It seemed like things were going well, and then it just kind of unraveled for Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put that on him. I mean, there was a couple of times he thought a guy was going to keep running and he stops. You know, he did have the pick six, but I mean, that happens. It just happens. It's 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 week one, I thought. But what I saw that was great as a fan, but upsetting because I'm because he's not on the Patriots anymore. Still has the same zip. Still has the same fire. The leadership and all of that. I mean, um, I think Tampa Bay is going to be a problem for people. Well, now the Bucks, they're at home. They're laying nine points against the Carolina Panthers. What do you think? What do you think about the bounce back game for uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks? I think this is going to be a nice week for them to go out and score some points, get some sports writers on their side. <laughs> I just think I think they're going to have a great game. Uh, you know, the eleven thousand people that are allowed to go to the stadium will be excited to see Tom, and uh, you know, we shall see. It is. It is funny how they Gronkowski back out there too. <laughs> yeah, it was good to see him catch a couple passes. Didn't do anything. Uh, OJ Howard got the touchdown. The NFL is better with Gronk in it. That's all. And and Gronk in Tampa is also probably good for things. So I'm I'm happy with the situation. Uh, I'm a little sad. I'm a little sad they got up to the loss because now everyone gets to start chirping about Belichick versus Brady, which we don't need right now. But. Uh, you know, I don't know, Sean. Well, you knew that was gonna happen. I know, but now, now, no now it's what. it's on the tee. It's on the tee, and now people are hitting it. So hopefully Brady comes back with a vengeance. Yeah, I mean, against that, Carol- know, people could just not pay attention to that crap. I just, <laughs> I think so much of that stuff just it's a symptom of twenty four hours of media, and then there's also like just um, 
you know, that's just how they sell every show. This person yeah. versus that person, this candidate versus that candidate, this country versus that country. So red versus blue. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The big 10 they're coming back. And it, it was, and we kind of hit on this last week talking about the, where they draw the lines for uh, college football. It seems to be political. Like all these Southern Republican States, they were all in on football early. Then these swing States in the big 10, they were not doing it. And now they are doing football. And then the, the super left blue States are holding out no football. Maybe it'll be later on. It's just hilarious how it's falling right on party lines again. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, they make the school so much money. Oh they, God. Even yeah. all, nobody's going to show up to watch the math team solve <laughs> problems. So, I mean, that's what it is. And uh, you know, I mean, I think it's easier for, you know, some of the, obviously the Ivy league and stuff like that. I mean, they get probably more money from uh, you know, eggheads that used to go there giving them money, whatever the hell they, however the hell that works out there. But um, yeah, the football team isn't carrying Harvard's endowment. <laughs> it's going to be all yeah, the so rocket I, scientists kicking back money. Yeah. But I mean, if a hundred thousand people were showing up every week to see Harvard play Yale, then they would be playing too. I mean, at the end of the day, they got to make their money. Big, uh, big Thursday night game bangles at Browns. Where mm. are you at with uh, Baker Mayfield? And, and what'd you isn't think? Isn't it bangles? What There's it, like three different pronunciations. I don't even know how you just said it. My buddy says he says bangles like the girl band. Yeah. It's 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 bangles. Oh, you know, this is how dumb I am. I didn't realize there was a difference between the girl band and the football they're, team. They're, I assume they were the same. They're all the bangles. Yeah, they're all the bangles. <laughs> don't, don't disrespect the band with how the bangles have played the last few years. Oh man, um, that was a heartbreaking loss for Bangles fans everywhere. That offensive PI to kind of uh, cost him the game. And then the kicker comes out, pulls his calf right as he's going for the game time field goal. Yeah. Brutal. You gotta hate an offensive uh, pass interference just because they never call it. So when they do call it, it just seems like it's this personal vendetta against you and your team. Um, but you know, there was a bad period there where you could, you couldn't even look at a receiver and they would throw a flag, but I think they've done a pretty good job of uh, correcting stuff like that. But Joe Burrow looked great. Totally looks like a gamer and that uh, he's going to be able to play at the NFL level, which is awesome. I'm a huge LSU fan. Uh, they're such a fun them. team. Go Tigers. Ed O. Yeah. What a character. They're, they're a super fun team. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I, I I'm kind of happy now that there's NFL football three days a week. You know, I used to kind of complain about the Thursday afternoon, uh, Thursday game with the friggin' the awful uniforms and, and then how the color rush the NFL network. And for a while I couldn't get the NFL network unless I changed my whole, whatever cable I had back then I was kind of against it. Now during this crap, I'm actually loving it. Yeah. It's, it gives you something to watch a primetime game, but uh, yeah, Bengals are getting six points in Cleveland. Do you think they cover? Do you think they hang with the Browns? Yeah, I think they beat them. Oh, wow. Outright. I like I it. They come in there outright beat him. It's one of those stupid divisional rivalry games. I always hate betting those games too, but yeah, I think the Bengals go in and just straight up beat them. I know, but Cleveland has a good running game, right? They have a good running back, but I yeah, no, they got, they got Nick Chubb and Kareem hunt. I, I think they could give the Bengals rush defense some problems. I, I think that's going to be key. Baker's still the quarterback though. And that that's probably the problem <laughs> with them. They didn't look too good. Week one. I just never seen a guy get so much shit before he even played. Yeah, no, he really Baker's uh, gotten he's, a ton of crap. He's both gotten a lot of shit and been crowned all before he's done anything. And now it is funny to watch him in those commercials where the the, the stadium is his house 
And he's, I mean, 38 to six, what was the score? It's not a good look. Maybe, maybe more football, less acting. It it is brutal though when you're when your quarterback's getting destroyed in the game, and then they're having like you know he's hanging out, having fun, living at the stadium. You're like, I don't want to see that yeah. right now. Like they need to have a guy in there who, if it's a blowout, pull all the Baker commercials. Yeah, work on just, your lines or work on the plays, not your lines. Just bro. just for his own sake. I mean, I get it. You know, you can be in the NFL and you know spend four hours at the stadium. Cleveland's. Entire problem is Baker Mayfield. <laughs> they were kind of having a lot of problems before he got there. And I think one of the worst things that can happen to you if you're a high draft pick as a quarterback is to go to the Cleveland Browns over the last almost 30 years. So cut the guy a little bit of slack. There's something about a white guy who wears a bandana. <laughs> white dudes, I don't know what it is. What does he think he's in a gang? You just started all the way back to Andre Agassi. People just start trashing him. Yeah, it's not. It's you know, people. Yeah, you think he's like an extra in Sons of Anarchy with the hair going yeah, and the that, bandana. It's that Cobra Kai look, you know. Another uh, another kind of classic matchup: the Monday night game, the Las Vegas Raiders at home catching five and a half against the Saints. Where are you at with uh, John Gruden, uh, Bill? Are you are you a big Gruden guy? Did you find yeah, him? I love John Gruden. I also that new stadium they have looks oh, incredible. Man. Yeah, they finally. God knows, you know, you wait fifty years to get a place to play. Sixty years. They've never really had, um, well, I guess the Oakland A stadium at some point was new, but that was, those were those cookie cutter baseball football ones. So I'm excited to see them in a, in a, uh, a nice venue. Unfortunately, I think the saints are going to give them their first loss in that building. Um, I don't know. Five points. Doesn't scare me. I yeah. think Drew Brees. Yeah, Drew Brees in the dome against John Gruden. There was that. The hilarious. Raiders just won a game. They're, they're <laughs> riding high. This is the perfect time to bet against. Them. And it is. I mean, we drove by it in person recently, and it's it's just awesome to see it sitting there, right out in the What's strip. Like it's a hockey puck almost. It's yeah, just black, it's it's very stadium. The Death Star. They're calling it very futuristic. It is going to be crazy when they do let fans go in there because I can just imagine. <laughs> Just marauding bands of Raiders fans getting drunk all day on the strip and then just rolling into that stadium. Uh, it's going to be wild once they start letting fans I think into a that thing. Those Raider fans might get discovered on the strip the way they dress up. <laughs> yeah, you look great as uh, in Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> well, you know, we saw the Michaels opening up next door, so they can get their crafts and work on their. Uh, their plastic uh, shoulder pads. Yeah, their, their eye shadow. Spikes sticking out. I don't know what happened. I liked back in the seventies, the Raiders fans looked like a giant biker gang. Yeah. Somewhere along the line. I don't know what they kind of, uh, they got to get out of the, uh, it's a little too much kiss. It, well, it just looks like they were hanging out on Etsy for an afternoon and got like, Oh, spike styrofoam shoulder pads. That'll complete my outfit. It's like, come on. What yeah, happened to just hot topic and get yeah. some fake chains Yeah. or they, they have like the guy with like the fighter pilot mask on with the giant, like, you know, murdered out uh, visor. It's like, come on, dude. Uh, but the black hole is fun. It'll be great to see those guys in there. Of course, now that we've shit all over it. <laughs> I mean, it, it's fun in the you know because it's it's just emblematic of the Raiders and, and kind of a fun tradition. But yeah, <laughs> getting dressed up in costumes and going to football. It's it's fun. It's fun. I mean, come on, they, they can take a joke. See <laughs> the Seahawks. They're at home. They had a nice win week one. Patriots coming into Seattle Sunday yeah, night. I don't like this. Seahawks laying four points. Mm, ah, man, this is a it's a tough spot for the Patriots early. But I said that last week, and they and they took care of the Dolphins. Where where is your head at with this game, Bill? I don't think I know enough about Seattle, but um, I do think that 
Russell Wilson will, you know, basically cancels out Cam Newton. Well, that's that's a wash. And um, I don't know. Like that's uh, this. I think this is a, a big test early for us playing with an above average team because I do know that the, uh, Seattle has lost, did lose a lot of players. I mean, with the free agency, I can't keep up with it, so it's hard for me to gamble in in, in September here, but. Uh, my gut tells I would stay away from this game because if I had to put money on it, I would I would bet Seattle. Seattle and laying the points. They appear to be letting Russ cook down there. I, I, I like Bill with the emotional hedge, <laughs> betting against his team just because then you could you kind of have yourself covered. I mean, worst case scenario, Seattle wins by three, and then you don't get the you don't hit the spread, and your team loses. Every single time I've said I'm going to bet against my team, I fail to do so. So, are uh, you? Do you? Do you find yourself? Uh, I don't see you as this guy, but being superstitious, having any sort of rituals when your team is on. Do you? Do you kind of get your kids? I know you have a couple of young kids. Do you try and get them into into watching the game? Where are you at with uh, your team on game day? Oh no, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I gave up on superstitions. Uh, you know what finally made me give up on superstitions? I used to hear the longest time, uh, don't put it, don't put a hat on a bed. Hat on a bed is bad luck. And I actually, I don't know, somebody told me, or I sort of looked it up, like where that came from. Like back in the day when you, people used to knit their own hats, when they take the hat off at night, the static electricity, they would see the flashes. So they thought the devil lived in your hair. <laughs> So then if you, if you, so it was like in your hat or something like that. So you put the hat on the bed, the devil was in your bed and then it was going to get into you. And I was like, that has got to be the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. And after that, I now move about freely in my living room. I know that I have no effect on the game whatsoever. It's been liberating for like the last 20 years. So I don't have any uh, superstition. I will tell you though, is I don't have the stomach to watch playoff poop when my team is in it because that whole thing where it's a game of runs is just infuriating to me where my team can't miss the other team can't hit. And all of a sudden we forget how to play and then they can't miss. That doesn't happen in other sports. It's not like if your offensive line is dominating the defensive line, I don't care what kind of halftime adjustments they make. You don't come out in the next half and all of a sudden your team forgets how to block. Um, well, I mean, maybe the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl <laughs> where they were they were up 28 to 3. They seem to forget something. But I know what you mean. And that it happens like I swear to god, it happens like 3 times during an NBA game. Yeah. No, I mean, NBA like you'll be up by like 25 <laughs> and then they'll just be 27 2 run. It's all tied up. And you're like, what the fuck happened? Well, especially now when they, when they just like every guy is, is shooting threes, even yeah. like a seven foot guy from Latvia is still like chucking it up behind the arc. And yeah, it's so easy that they go hot and cold, the bubble, the shooting and the runs have been crazy. Cause there's no home court advantage. So you got teams like the nuggets and teams like the Miami heat who maybe never would have made it if they were actually traveling and playing in hostile environments. But yeah, it really feels like the last six minutes yeah, of an NBA you, game. Just, yeah. w- just wait till the game has eight minutes left in it, and then you can watch it. Because if you watch it before that, you're just going to go on this strange roller coaster ride that means nothing. And that's essentially why I stopped betting on the NBA regularly. <laughs> it's just it's not good for your heart. It's just like Jesus. Oh yeah, and then also like the last five minutes takes like a half an hour. <laughs> Well, and then they've they've even added instant replay oh, where man. they're like going frame by frame to see if it hit the guy's fingernail. 
It's like, oh my god, they got to do something to like speed up the end of the game because <laughs> that's the it's that's what's fun about basketball: the intensity, the you know, running up and down the court, the flow of the game. We, and we, we sound like some grumpy old men, Sean. <laughs> we get off our no, lawn. But it is true though. But I, I will tell you. But then you got to sit there with your stomach in knots for a half an hour for something that should have taken <laughs> like maybe ten minutes. <laughs> no, I know it, it. It never goes away. That kind of knot you have yeah. when you're. When your team's playing, it's a good sweat, you know. Sometimes one uh, one final game worth hitting I hate on. I that I care about sports. <laughs> yeah. Well, I find myself it's a curse. It's a curse. I mean, my wife will like have to talk me down after the Eagles loss. She goes, "You can't do this to yourself. You can't, you know, be mad at yourself for something that you have no control over." And the logical part of my brain is going, "I know what she's saying. I can't control it." The other, <laughs> the the reptile part of the brain is going, "You fucked up. You dumb motherfucker. You wore the wrong hat. You." knew what you're doing. You let the team down. I'd like, honestly, I, I, after a bad loss, I go, what could I have done? And I, (laughs) and I, I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I know I can't do anything, but it's, it must be, you know, Irish Catholic. I I don't know, but Irish German. I wish I could go back to the days before the internet. When you lost, you just you lost. You yes. have a direct connection (laughs) to the fans of the team that just beat you. Like, did you see, uh, you see uh, Magic Johnson? Oh. oh man, he's great. He's hilarious. No, he went on and he trashed the Clippers when they said LA is always going to be like the Lakers city. And just as a Celtics fan, I was like, wait, they were kind of sweating the Clippers when they were up three to one. They were like, oh shit. <laughs> and then all these people came out. Uh, I don't know. I thought that was a bad look. Yeah. For the Lakers, where it's like, dude, you're the Lakers. You don't care about these guys. The no, fact you-, that you actually have to make that LA will always be the Lakers city. It's just like you're sitting on 16 championships. They have zero. <laughs> Why would you take your time to answer them? No, what I do don't. Yeah, it is. You don't really need to stoop down to the Clippers level. It's if you're a Laker, brother thing. you don't need to rub it into your little brother. It's yeah, it's just, especially I do love. I do love the Clippers and I was rooting for them, but uh, now I'm rooting for the nuggets. Oh, yeah. The oh yeah. Nuggets are nuggets are such a fun team. They do have kind of that like rec league team vibe that just got hot and you can't get them off the court. But uh Jokic, the, Jamal Murray shooting lights out. The a Lakers fun team. always seem to be able to buy the two best guys in the league, and then that's just it's it drives me nuts. Yeah. See, yeah I, I mean, mean it seems as though the NBA would love to see a Lakers Celtics bubble final. So conspiracy well, theorists I wish out we there. Could we we could somehow uh, appeal to people to come to I me mean, and just be like Boston's like LA. It's just as racist as LA. It's just the weather isn't as nice. Yeah, yeah we could. The Boston can hang. Don't worry, guys. All right, Bill. Uh, one final game to hit on a nice uh, nice quarterback battle here. You got Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Mm. Coming uh, just uh, coming off a uh, ass whooping of the Browns, going into uh, Houston to face the Texans. Texans are a seven point home dog. Of course, they uh, they they got their ass kicked opening night against the Chiefs, so they have a little bit of long rest. What's your uh, what's your lean here on this game? Texans getting seven. They always pick the perfect number, don't they? I mean, <laughs> the, the Ravens are just you know they're gonna beat them. It's like Deshaun Watson, JJ Watts. They got those two pieces, and I just don't feel like enough of the rest of the team works. The play calling, I don't know what it is. It just doesn't seem to come together for them. The Ravens are perennial, just a successful franchise. And then they have this next level guy at quarterback. Oh, man. But given seven on the road. I know. My brain wants to say, hey, 
You're a smart gambler. Take the home dog. But then I, I look at that Ravens team, and I didn't even think they would be as good as they started out week one, and they just. They're just an unstoppable force. Does I, it, I'm going Ravens. I don't, yeah. I'm taking favorites this week. Fuck I, it. Sometimes, sometimes early in the season, you just got to pick winners. Don't worry about the spread. Pick winners. Well, the yeah, Ra- the Ravens are winning this game. I'm with you, Houston. Maybe they get in the back door, but uh, Bill O'Brien once again looks like he's unaware of how to drive uh, a, a National Football League franchise. And and yet he still has the keys. I, I don't get it. Yeah, no, Bill Bryant was an interesting guy. Where like I was, you know, the trade he made, getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins. And I mean, you just got to feel like a, an asshole when he goes off and has a career game, the first game after yeah. the trade. So I, I try and defend him saying like, Oh, I think he's a pretty solid coach. They always win the division. So he must be doing something right. But then that game against Kansas city, like he was just way too conservative. You're playing the chiefs. You can't be punting at midfield on like fourth and three. So I don't know. It could be a long season for uh, bill O'Brien and the Texans. You don't think midfield against Patrick Mahomes fourth and three, you'd go for it? No, uh, no, no. I'm saying he should have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, your house would be up for sale pretty quick. <laughs> well, that's an NFL coach. Well, that's Dude, what... this is. This is. I'm telling you, you guys grew up playing Madden football. I mean, your <laughs> idea. Of, yeah, just you know, fourth and three, no biggie. Well, we are we are a gambling podcast, and our <laughs> our catchphrase is "Let it ride." So you're right. Maybe I would I'd either flame out or become like a coaching genius, just yeah. going for crazy fourth down, never punting. Uh, you know, as a fan, you just want to see crazy shit like that. Yeah, you could be down forty-two zip <laughs> going into the second quarter against the Chiefs doing that. But I would love to see a guy do that, have the balls to do it. Oh yeah. I mean, and, and, and not to get there was back a guy to- in high school one year that never, he never punted or kicked an extra point. He went for it on fourth down every time. And he went for two every time. Well, and, and that's what a I get coaches paying attention to that too. Yeah. I also don't think he had the best kickers. <laughs> could could <laughs> have been a problem. The, uh, the undefeated Patriots. When we lost to the giants in the super bowl. Do you remember that fourth down Belichick went? he went, it was like a fourth and six Yeah. on the first drive. We just like went for it. And didn't get it, and uh, I remember that was like one of the few times I ever questioned Belichick. I was like, "What the hell was that?" Yeah, no, I mean, it's game shit. It, it, <laughs> yeah, and and just immediately, even if the mass supports it, you know, it's like in in blackjack when you got sixteen and you're against a face card, you know, the number says like yeah. the card that you get at the gift shop says you're statistically better off hitting, and then when you do it and you bust, you're like, "Oh, what the fuck?" But really, it's like. 55 45. So you should do it. The math says do, but uh, yeah, I mean, then you got to live with the results. Shoot or shoot, Sean, shoot or shoot, shoot or shoot. Uh, all right, Bill. So to run it down, looks like you're taking the bucks minus nine, the Bengals plus six, but you think they got to sh- get they given nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a big number for Carolina. Whoa. <laughs> and that's in Carolina. No, that's in Tampa. All right, you know they they got the pirate ship. There'll be at least one and a half pirates on it. Yeah, the hell with it. There there could be some actual pirates. I mean, who knows what's going on in uh, Tampa right now? Tampa minus nine, Bengals plus six. But you also think they have a shot to win it outright. Mm. Uh, Ravens minus seven in Houston. New Orleans minus five and a half in Las Vegas. And then fading the New England Patriots, oh. not believing in them. Uh, Seattle minus four for the Sunday night game. Out of all of those, I think the Cincy pick is is the most solid. Watch me eat my words. <laughs> all right, lock that up. We'll Bengals know, we'll, we'll plus six. All right, Bill. Appreciate you calling in and uh, have a good uh, NFL weekend. All right, guys. Thank you.
Thanks for checking out the sports gambling podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to hear us pick every NFL game against the spread and give us a follow on Twitter at gambling podcast. And of course, if you want to play, win and get paid, go to mybookie.ag. promo code birds. going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, December 17th, 2012. Um, I am emotionally exhausted from watching that Patriots-San Francisco game uh, last night. How insane was that game? Unbelievable. Um, unfortunately, it was exactly what I thought, although the comeback, I was amazed by that, but I, I've, I've I've gotten so much shit from uh, a couple friends of mine who are Patriots fans because they feel like I'm not a Patriots fan anymore because I keep talking about how bad our defense is. And uh, they're one of those people who, like, you know, they, like, dress like Drew Bledsoe when they watch the game. You know those people? With it, they're such fucking fans that no matter what's going on, you, you can never say anything. What they deem is, like, negative rather than constructive criticism. But, you know, I feel vindicated. Because last week when we beat the Texans, they were sitting there going, you see, look at that, you know? There's your defense. What do you got to say now, you red-headed cunt? Yeah, I didn't think so. Didn't think so. Right? I've been telling them the whole fucking time that the, the AFC is weak. All right? It's fucking weak. The NFC has been far superior to the AFC for fucking years. All right, but the thing is, you got Brady and Belichick, and a little bit of luck, and that's how we got to the fucking Super Bowl last year, and we still almost won. But that doesn't change the fact that our defense sucks. All right, oh, we do good against the mediocre teams and the so-called good teams in the AFC. But I'm telling you right now, we'll be lucky if we get by the Broncos. Okay, you let up fucking forty-something points to a second-year quarterback. I can't help you. Why is my voice cracking? Because I've been screaming at the fucking TV for three hours watching the damn thing. Um, yeah. If the 49ers actually had a quarterback, they would have scored, like, you know, a more experienced quarterback. I'm not shitting on their uh, their guy there with the soul patch, whatever the fuck his name is, out of Boise State, who could have played baseball, he, uh, but he had one fucking shot. He took that. How many fucking times can you tell that story? Um. I mean, he missed, like, two guys who had, like, three steps on our safety. I don't know. It's fucking brutal. But I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. You know what I mean? I mean, I hate to say it, but if, you know, if the 49ers had Aaron Rodgers, uh, Drew Brees, a fucking, you know, Eli Manning, you know, it's – we can't compete with that. Kills me. Kills me. I don't know what the fuck we have to do, but, uh, you know, we're all right. We're all right in the box, as they say. But I swear to God, our fucking pass defense stinks. I don't, I don't give a, you know, it just, it was, you know, it was enjoyable watching the 49ers celebrating and stomping around and doing that because they're doing their job, all that dumb shit 
that every fucking athlete does now. You know, you fucking get a layup for two points and then you go, scare children in the front row. Like, like you're this, like you're actually in 300, you know, why don't you just fucking bend over and blow yourself at that point? I really enjoyed watching the 49ers do that and then get that deer in their headlights look as Brady calmly just, just dismantled their fucking awesome defense and tied it up and scored like 34 points in like basically a quarter. I did enjoy 31, whatever the fuck it was. I did enjoy that, watching them have to stand down and actually having seen that glazed over look. Oh, and now the phone rings. Now the fucking phone rings. Could anything else be going on with this podcast? Just seeing that glazed over look on Jim Harbaugh's face was enjoyable. But I fucking love that guy. And I love the, uh, the fake punt call in the fir- uh, first quarter on your own 40. Was, that, was, that was awesome. I, I had to respect it. It's like this guy is going for the jugular. But, I mean, those guys honestly could have been up like 21 nothing after like six minutes in the game. Um, yeah, so there you go. There's a right nice big bucket of ice water to the face of uh, delusional Patriots fans. That's, that's what it is. That's where our defense is against um, the elite teams. You know, sucks. I'm not happy about it. And, um, yeah, I'm not fucking happy about it. I just wish we, I, we could, we could, oh, for fuck's sakes with your fucking, you know what I hate about this fucking stupid phone besides everything? You have the fucking thing on mute and it still makes noise. Like, like I get important phone calls. Right, Cleo? What am I, the president? Does it really need to do that? Even when you fucking put it on, on silent mode, it still vibrates. I guess I could just shut the thing off, right? I never, I never even thought to do that. That's great. I, I worked that out. Oh, yeah, of course. My password doesn't work on the fucking computer. This is just going to be one of these days. You know, I know it was going to be one of these days is I took my dog out for a walk. And um, she took a shit. And unlike Rappaport, I went to pick the fucking thing up. Right? And I had my headphones on. And as I bent over to do it, my headphones fell down and almost landed in the pile of dog shit. And uh, rather than laughing it off like somebody with rosy cheeks would, um, I'm a cynical bastard, so I took that as an omen on how this day was going to be, and uh, it's lived up that way. I had a bowl of cereal this morning. I almost fucking died. And you know what's funny is the lovely Nia was literally maybe seven feet away in the other room and never checked on me. Could give a shit, you know? And you know what that is? It's like we've been together. When you've been with somebody as long as I have, they just, it's not like they want you to die. It's a combination of two things. They, they, they just tune you out. So I could have been in there talking to her about how, you know, my headphones almost fell into the dog shit this morning, or I could have been almost choking to death. Either way, she doesn't even hear it. And then like subconsciously, it's not that they want you to die, but they not fatally, but if you could die for like three hours, you know, I, I don't think that they would be upset. <laughs> it's just sort of, you know, drag you over and put you behind the couch and just, you know, fantasize about being single again for like three hours. And then, you, you, you know, you wake up like in one of those, those movies with Kiefer Sutherland. What was that movie called? Shockers? It wasn't Clockers. That was Spike Lee. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck it was. 
Anyways, this is what happened. I was eating uh, I, corn checks. I'm a big fan of the Chex family. All right? And this isn't some sort of subtle advertising that I'm trying to put in here. Okay? This, this, is, this is coming from my heart, not my wallet. All right? I like the Czech cereals. I'm not into rice checks. And that has nothing to do with World War II or Vietnam. Okay? I just don't like the taste of them. Okay? I'm not coming at you with some red state shit. Like, I ain't eating nothing that got fucking rice in it after what happened over there in uh, uh, the DMZ. I'm not coming at you like that. I just don't like the taste of that one. I either go corn checks or I go wheat checks. So here's the deal. Yeah, you know what I noticed the other day is this, this morning when, as I was almost choking to death on my cereal was all cereal is kind of the same color. You notice that? It's all sort of fucking just different kind of browns. Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird that that would go through my head as I'm almost dying, choking? That fucking bad 80s comedian analogy went through my head. That, would, that would, might have been my last thought. You know? Or like it's like a topic you'd hear on like NPR. All things considered, today we discuss the different shades of brown and breakfast cereals. I don't care if you're eating rice checks, corn checks, wheat checks. Rice Krispies or cornflakes. The all-too-familiar off-color Band-Aid brown, all things considered. Um, you ever listen to NPR? Nia listens to that shit. She's such a fucking nerd, and she always has it on. And, I'm, I, and you know, I don't know. There's really no good radio stations out here as far as, like, playing music out here in L.A. I don't know why. I don't know what, I don't know what goes on out here, but evidently... Uh, these the two bands that they play, they play them like it's still nineteen, the early nineties. They play Ice Cube all the time. Bad Am, when you come to my town, Bad Am. Like, like I don't know why they play it. Like they play it enough. Like you think he he died or something, you know? And then, uh, and then they also play the. Uh, who are those guys? Whatever the fuck they are. Pretty fly for a white guy. They play them all the fucking time. You know? Like everybody's still walking around in flannels going, hey, have you heard the new Pearl Jam, man? Um, anyways. <coughs> so here's the story. I basically go to get my fucking box of corn checks. I pick up the box and immediately I notice it's pretty light. You know, pour it in, get a full bowl, and there's like an eighth of a box left. Now, I could be a douche and put the box back and give Nia false hope. Oh, I want a box, you know, I want a bowl of cereal, you know, and then she grabs the box and she feels the lightness. Then that panic comes in. You start to sweat like, oh, fuck. You start pouring it out. Come on, man, keep going. And there's only an eighth of a bowl left. You know, the douche puts that back in the cupboard. The gentleman, the refined individual like myself, you just say, all right, I'm going to have a little more cereal than I usually have. So that's what I did. All right, and I start eating the fucking cereal, and I'm wolfing it down because I know the podcast is a little bit late, and I'm going to get a bunch of shit on Twitter, right? So I get about halfway done with my bowl. I take the box of cereal, and I pour that last eighth in. And you know the deal. The last part of the box, that's the most dangerous part of the box. You know, you got half, it's half of it's cereal, and the rest of it's all fucking powdered. So all the powder goes on my on the top of the cereal, I start eating the shit, and I'm doing that, you know, eating so fast, you're, you're eating and inhaling 
through your fucking pie hole. <laughs> doing that shit. And I had a half a spoon of powder and the other half was the cereal. And I inhaled the shit and my, my throat just closed off. And I thought I was going to, I thought at the very least I was going to pass out. To the point I was, I was debating as I'm coughing and hacking away and Nia is completely ignoring me. Um, I'm sitting there pounding. I'm, I'm thinking, should I make a loud noise in the kitchen? Or should I run to, you know, five steps to the bedroom? But then I'm thinking, well, that, that like, take up too much oxygen. And um, I basically was choking on this shit for three straight minutes. And Nia didn't move a fucking muscle. Didn't move a goddamn muscle. And when I finally, I finally uh, realized I was going to live, I was so pissed at her that, you know, you know like after you get done choking, like, you, your voice is, like, it's, like, turned down to one. So you're trying to talk. It's like, you know, thanks for helping. You know, that type of shit. I basically said sarcastically, thanks for helping in the I was just choking for three minutes voice. And all I get from Neo is like, oh, I'm sorry. Are you okay? You know, is that any way to start the fucking day? I don't think. Is that, is that, was that even funny? Was that even remotely amusing to you? I, I, I don't know. I almost died this morning. I'm just I don't care if I'm funny or not. Cleo. Um, all right. Let's do, let's do a little advertising here, and then I'm going to talk to you about this 30 for 30 I watched called Broke. All right. Um, where are we? Oh, we got, a new, we got new advertising this week, everybody. Cascade Studios. Cascade Studios on Santa Monica Boulevard out here in Los Angeles. We got a local ad here. Um, this is based a rehearsal studio. Um, if you're in a band, basically. And you need a rehearsal space. Cascade Studios is the number one place here in uh, Los Angeles. This is when, when I go down and I play drums and I try to I pull off that bottom stuff, trying to get my foot as fast as his. This is where I go. I go to Cascade Studios, 6611 Santa Monica Boulevard. If you want to go down there uh, with your whole band, they got a five-piece drum kit in every room with hi-hats, two guitar amps, bass amp, PA system with three mics. Symbol rental is only five bucks. Um... Or if you're just a drummer like myself and you want to go down there with your iPod and beat the hell out of a kit and have a great time, he charges you 15 bucks for an hour. I highly recommend it. Um, I go down there all the time. If you go down, ask for Joe. Tell him the Monday Morning Podcast sent you. And as always, everybody, it's stamps.com. Um, with the holidays all, almost here, you don't have time to go to the post office. There's traffic, there's parking, there's somebody in front of you is going to have like 90 boxes that they're sending out to all their grandkids, you know, as they take out the change purse and their hand is shaking, right? It's going to be packed with everyone mailing out holiday gifts is what I'm trying to say and packages. So what do I do? I use stamps.com instead. Stamps.com, you can avoid all the hassle of going to the post office during the busy holiday season. Everything you would do at the post office, you can do right from your desk or your apartment, wherever the hell you're at. Um, buy and print official U.S. postage using your own computer and printer. Print postage for any letter or package the instant you need it. Then the mailman comes and picks it up. It's so easy and convenient, and you don't have to go down to the post office and deal with everything that I just described. I use stamps.com to send out all the merch from my shows. You should do it, too. Well, I guess you shouldn't unless you're doing a show. But whatever. If you got all these Christmas gifts... That's the way to send it out, stamps.com. Right now, get this special offer. When you use my last name, Burr, B-U-R-R, 
for a no-risk trial plus an $110 bonus offer. It includes a digital scale and up to $55 free postage. They're giving you $55 during the holiday season. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com right now before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the page and type in Burr, B-U-R-R. That's Stamps.com. Enter Burr, B-U-R-R. All righty. Back to the podcast. So I was watching... um, I was watching one of those 30 for 30s, um, and they did this whole thing on on athletes going broke. It was really bad. There's a ton of people who've gone broke. Most of them didn't want to do the documentary. Like, why would you? You know what I mean? Hey, you want to talk about how you completely fucking blew it? No, I don't. I don't. And I resent the fact that at the end of your documentary, you're going to be running a list with my name on it. Of every, you know, that's what they had at the end of it. But... um. I was watching it and I felt bad for people, but after a while, it was just the same fucking story over and over again. And it's as much as I want to say that if I was 21 years old and you gave me a million dollars that I would probably fuck it up too. I, I, I just don't think I would, you know, I, all these guys, you know, I, I got a check for $55,000 and I saw a Hummer. I had to get it. Talk the guy down to $49,000. And it's like, if you just got a check for 55 fucking grand, after paying all the people in your life, your agent, whoever else you got, whoever else is taking a your lawyer, whoever t- else takes a chunk out of that check, whatever's left out of that, the government's going to come in and take a 40, 40% whack. If you get a check for 55 grand, I mean, what, what do you got left? 20 grand? And you just went out and bought a $50,000 Hummer. I don't know. But anyways, the point I wanted to make was at the end of it, after showing all these people going through this hell, they have this guy that who's supposed to be evidently some sort of uh, financial advisor. And in the end, they were talking about LeBron James going, he is going to be, he has a potential to be, other than Tiger Woods, pre-divorce, um, a billionaire athlete. And they like, how exciting is that? And they go, what What would your advice be to this, to LeBron James on how to hang on to his billion dollars? And the guy goes, he goes, don't blow it. Keep it simple. Count your money. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> it might have been the dumbest thing I ever heard. And I immediately, I had no sympathy for anybody in the fucking documentary. It's just like, even like, why is this guy on this document? Who the fuck is that guy? That's a guy who manages money. That's, hey, I got a billion dollars. How do I hold on to this? Where should I invest it? What do I do? What advice do you got for me? Well, it's simple. Don't blow it. Keep it simple. Count your money. All right. Thanks a lot. I'll be, I'm out of here. Fucking ridiculous. It was basically, it was an hour and a half of listening to morons telling you what the fuck they bought with all their money. And I, I don't know. I felt bad, but there was another part. There was just one guy that I really felt bad for because it was the, the hurt that he had. You know, like Andre Ryzen was on the thing and he's sitting there in a suit with sunglasses on. Mirrored sunglasses doing the interview. And just right there, it's like, yeah, dude, I'd give you another million if I had it. If I gave it to you, you'd, you'd, you'd fuck that up. 
Why? Because you're sitting here in a shiny suit with fucking sunglasses on. <laughs> Looking like Michael Jackson at the award show, right? So anyways, the one guy who actually really bothered me was, there's, if you ever watch it, it's 30 for 30 broke. There's a guy who's sitting there and he's just ever so slightly leaned to one side. And the, just the, the pain uh, in in his voice, he's just just sitting there going, uh, I made uh, $75 million in my career. And I had me a Mercedes. Got a Hummer. Got me a boat. And he's just sitting there looking down on his knee like playing with his pant leg. I had a jet ski. And And you just, I had to look away. It was fucking brutal. But the rest of it was just a bunch of knuckleheads. You know, I felt bad for Bernie Kosar too, because Bernie Kosar, you know, I don't know. It seemed like his dad took his money. I don't know what the fuck it was. It, it was. It's. It's a really. It's a. It's a great. All the thirty for thirties are awesome. This one is awesome, but they just should have had a couple of. They did. You know something that's not true because they had like four or five guys. There was only two people who really came off like morons, but they were just so. They were such morons that I felt it tainted the whole thing. Ugh. That is, might have been the dumbest thing I ever heard. What is your advice? Don't blow it. Keep it simple. Count your money. All right. I'm sorry. Was, was that even remotely fucking interesting? I love watching those 30 for 30s. I got to watch the Bo Jackson one. Um, there was just something about that. Like, you know, for as, as much as they showed the amount of people that went broke, there's been so many more people in the league that didn't go broke. So really, weren't you just showing a select group of morons, you know, who were going out and buying a Corvette and sticking a fucking hot tub in the back of it? You know, living week to week on paychecks. I mean, I just don't think that most people are doing that. I would really think that if if I was barely on the team, I would be saving every dime. I know I would. I've done that in this business. I've never fucking, you know it's coming. If you're in any sort of entertainment, you know it's coming. And the day it's coming is the day you think that you're good and that you made it. That's when somebody comes in with the hood on and the sickle and they just fucking chop you in half and then that's it. And then you're that guy on TV fucking leaning to, maybe that's why that guy was leaned to one side. They had to twist his torso back onto some fake legs. As he sat there going, I, I, I uh, got me a cabin, bought a mountain. Uh, you know, you think that if you had $75 million that you couldn't have, you know, that shit goes. And, and when, when, when it goes, uh, they, there's nobody around. Um, anyways, I got to watch it a few more times. I feel like there's, com- there's some sort of comedy in there. I just don't know if I got to it today. Um <laughs> Anyways, I've been drinking like a fucking madman lately. I really have to stop. I just keep going to these these friggin' uh, Christmas parties. You know? And they got booze there. So, yeah, you know something? Maybe that, if I got like a zillion dollars, maybe that, that that's what I would have done. 
would have gone out and become a complete friggin' booze bag. Now, what the fuck did I do with my notes here? Oh, for Christ's sake. I swear to God, this is just it's not my day. It's not here. It's not there. It's not here. It's not there. Where the fuck is it? There it is. You know what? Let's read a question here. My brain is, is suffering from lack of oxygen here. Let's just read a question. College duet. Hey, man. I'll keep this question short. I got my eye on this broad. She heard me playing music in the dorms. Knocked on my door. I invited her in and we talked for a bit. Jesus Christ, dude. I don't think you need any advice. That sounds like you're, you're already there. She just heard your talent and came knocking on your door. What more does she have to do? You know, pull up her dress and back her way in. <laughs> Anyways, oh, she said she wants to do duets together. My fault. I didn't realize she was also in the business. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Um, anyway, second time I wasn't playing music, but she knocked on the door and started talking about duets again. Not sure if she wanted to play then or what, but I was busy studying, so I invited her in again. And we talked yet again. Dude, you're only going to get so many at-bats where it's going to be weird if you finally fucking make a move, all right? What are you doing? I, I, this is, where did that come from? Um, anyways, I figure I'll invite her down. Uh, I have a single door with her in instrument. Once the workload... <laughs> didn't really sound good. What? I figure I'll invite her down. I have a single dorm with her instrument once the workload after holidays da dies down and just kiss her and see what happens. Oh, this is just a band geek. All right. What are you doing? Hey, come on over and, and bring your, your bassoon. And then she's going to walk in and you're just going to kiss her. Please tell me there's going to be some sort of preamble of making her laugh or, or, or something. Are you at least going to try to light a candle. Anyways, he says, how does that sound? Any advice? I've had almost no interaction with her before or after this, by the way. Uh, okay. He goes, love the podcast. Keep it up. You're a great guy. Just kidding. Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Um, well, what, what do you want to do with her? You just want to bang her? If you just want to bang her, what you have to do is just you have to stop acting like a gentleman. And I don't mean that in some sort of gropey, disgusting manner. What I mean is you have to you have to not just say the shit you're thinking. All right? Just say the shit you're thinking and say what you want to do. All right? If it's one of those. But if this girl, but if the girl is like, uh, I don't know, she's more walled off. I don't know what the fucking word is. I think that brain cell died when I inhaled the power, powder this morning. Um, she's more walled off than, I don't know. She's like a nerd. I don't know what to tell you. I, I never was able to interact with female nerds beyond just talking to them because they were just so fucking, I don't like, everything was like awkward. So, and then after that, I was just like, you know what? I could literally rub one out faster than it's going to take for me to figure out just how to get her glasses off. <laughs> so. Yeah, dude, just invite her down. Fuck her instrument. You know what? Get the music out of it. And just say, hey, I'm, you want to come? I'm watching a movie tonight. Just get her over there. 
All right. I don't know. I don't know where you've gone with the conversation so far. If it's going to seem weird, if all of a sudden you're sitting there in your Hugh Hefner robe. But that's the vibe I would have tried to bring. If you just want to bang her, that's what I would do. If you want, if you want to date this girl, then I'd take her out. But if you just want to bang her, you, you, you have to start acting like a fucking um, crass individual sooner rather than later. You know? You know what's a good way to kind of bring it into the sex thing is if you're watching TV and just start talking about some fucking girl on the TV, how hot you think she is and blah, 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 blah. Hopefully that'll spin her around and be like, why? What do you find attractive in a woman? And then you just fucking blah, 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 blah. Well, like, take a look at you. You kind of got your fucking titties there sitting in my phone, right? And then you're in. Right? Does that work? I hope it works for you, sir. Because I think you are a great guy. You're a great guy because you're, you're, you're sitting in the dorm and you're, you're practicing your fucking piccolo. Um, all right, next one. Actually, you know what? That reminds me of a long time ago. Long time ago. I went to this girl's dorm and she wanted me to and I wanted to and I didn't know how to fucking bridge that gap. And we sat on her fucking single bed for like till my ass fell asleep. And I finally ended up just I just finally just said I have to just get out of here. I don't, I don't know how to, you know what I mean? I, I, don't, I don't know how to fucking crack the safe. So I should have been a little more empathetic. God, I was pathetic. I was, I was fucking pathetic. I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I mean, I think that's been a through line in my life, just being pathetic, but it, it's sort of morphed, you know? Every time I feel like, oh, you know, hey, I kind of got that settled, then there's a new thing, you know? Like, say, podcasting. <laughs> I feel like this is a pretty pathetic attempt this week, don't you? Well, go fuck yourself. Hit the stop button. I don't give a shit. I really don't. That's one of the great things about this this podcasting world is you really don't have to give a fuck. Where the fuck is the man great thing? There it is. Hey, everybody. This holiday season. This holiday season, think the man great. What is the man great, you ask? They're made of 100, they're 100% made in America cast iron grilling grates that are revolutionizing the way people grill. Um, named one of 2012's best grilling accessories by Men's Health Magazine. Now, come on. Men's Health Magazine. You know, they're trying to teach guys how to be guys. A guy grilling, it doesn't get any more manlier than that. And it was named one of 2012's best grilling accessories. I don't know what else you need to know. Mangrates are the perfect gift this holiday season. Click on the Mangrate banner on BillBird.com on the podcast page for their 1999 holiday special. This is a $20 gift that I'm telling you it's going to change your life. This is such a great gift to get your dad, okay? If your dad's a man and he grills, he's not upstairs eating bok choy, you know? If your dad goes out and he shoots a pheasant, ties it to the, uh, the rearview mirror and drives home with it, Letting the blood drip down on the radio. This is what you want. You want the Mangrate system. Get it for them. Again, it's the man. That's the Mangrate Grill Enhancement System. Order today at BillBird.com. Click on the podcast page, and uh, and get yourself one today for only nineteen ninety nine. The holiday special. All righty. Okay, there you go. The fuck was that? Reminded me of something in the middle there. What the hell was I going to talk about? Oh, I know. You know what? I was gonna make. Uh, I was gonna try to make this shepherd's pie this week. Every once in a while, I get like really into cooking, and it's usually when I have a down, down time in this business. And this time of year, I always take uh, 
I always take some time off, you know? I don't like working over the holidays. I did enough of those fucking awful uh, New Year's Eve gigs, you know? You're in some godforsaken fucking strip mall in the middle of nowhere. You're all by yourself. You go on stage. You got like a 50-50 chance that they already handed out the fucking noisemakers. You're standing up there eating your balls. And then they make you do the countdown. Stop your act. Did I talk about this last week? I feel like I already did. I'll fast forward through this shit. And then you got to somehow, then they want you to continue your act after the countdown. It's the worst fucking thing ever. And everybody's hugging and kissing and that type of shit. You're standing up there by yourself like the absolute, you know, cliched entertainer. You know, sitting there crying in your tuxedo. So anyway, so I usually, I, I take this time of year off and I, uh, I start, I always get, I get into cooking. Cleo, stop staring at me. Come here. Stop staring at me. So anyways, um, I'm a big Mario Batali fan, right? So uh, I made these braised short ribs that were the fucking shit. I went out and got myself a Dutch oven, you know, which uh, because of that joke has really been ruined. There's no way to fucking say Dutch oven and cooking without somebody thinking about somebody farting under the blankets and pulling it over your face. But I made these braised short ribs that have been the shit. But Nia's on a fucking diet, so she's not eating any of them. So I ate like half a pig myself. And I don't think my belly has ever been rounder or whiter. I have like one of those toddler stomachs. You know, those little beer bellies that they have. You know what I'm talking about, Cleo? Cleo, do you want to finish the rest of this podcast? Do you? Well, then get off me. The fucking dog is so goddamn needy. Um, all right, let's continue on here with the questions for this week. If I can find it, my computer, of course I can't because this is just how my day's been working. I should have known. I sh- you know what? I should have gone right back to bed. The fucking, the second, my headphones almost fell in dog shit. Isn't that, isn't that like a sign that you should end the fucking podcast? 33 minutes in. This is brutal. Brutal. All right, douche boss. Dear Bill, first I want to say, uh, um, I have all the episodes of Uninformed you did with the Teen Idol sensation on my phone and listen to them every day. But on to my dilemma. I'm 18 and work at the finish line at the mall, and my boss is a complete dick. Of course he is, because he's manage- managing a finish line at the mall. You're 18. You got your whole life ahead of you. He probably fucking married the wrong person. He's starting to go bald. He's standing there wearing that referee uniform. Going, hey, what did I tell you about the Chuck Taylors? You know, I thought I told you to fucking stalk them up in the back. Whatever the hell they say. Don't you just want to choke them with his whistle? Do they make you wear whistles there? Or is that athlete's foot? Or is that the foot locker? I don't know. Actually, you know something? I have, like, the, the worst collection of dirty white boy sneakers you're ever going to see in your life. Every time I look at my sneaker collection, I picture, you know, Keith Robinson... Or Patrice, if he was still alive. God damn it. Um, Just trashing me. You know what's funny about how much I miss Patrice is the amount of times is when I I miss that guy. How the fuck do I tell the story without fucking outing somebody? Somebody told, gave a fucking speech, you know, or whatever. Went on some rant about the state of comedy and everybody thought it was fucking amazing. It was just one of those times where I wish Patrice was in the room when this person was fuck, was you know, was was talking about it. 
That's when I missed that dude the fucking most. I missed him then. I missed him when um, Penn State, that Sandusky guy, when he did, when he gave the fucking interview. You know that interview when he, he I think he was talking to Bob Costas and they were going, "Do you, uh, do you like little boys?" And he was like, "Do I like little boys? I mean, I enjoy." their company and you know somebody says do you like little boys there's one fucking answer no no i don't okay and fuck you for asking me that and this guy's sitting there like you know like trying to work out the math in his head and as i as creepy as it was to watch that when i watched it i was actually laughing thinking of patrice watching it laughing hysterically and how he would somehow get 25 minutes of material just out of that guy trying to figure out how to answer that that question. And I swear to God, like, I don't know. We got this benefit coming up for him. And as just putting the thing together, it's just like going through him dying all over again. It's been fucking brutal. But good. And a good positive things because everybody bought up the tickets. But it's just been like this fucking... Uh, the finality of it. It's just something like I'll ne- I, I even talk to all my buddies. Like we bring him up like he's still around. And we'll talk about him like he's still around for five minutes before you just start looking at the ground. It's just fucking awful. I really, I really do not wish that, you know, I don't know why you would, but and it's not even w- worth even stating, but I really don't wish this on fucking anybody because uh, it, it's really just something when I'm 80. Well, if I'm lucky enough, you know, the way I've been drinking lately. Let's just be a little more conservative. I'm 68. <laughs> it's just something that's still just going to be. I've just I'm coming to an acceptance that it's going to be as sad when I'm that age as it is right now. You know, so I figured I'd talk about that to add to the already not hilarious podcast that I'm doing this week. I'd add to the uh, losing a close friend fucking vibe. You know, who's getting who? It really wasn't a funny fucking week out in the world. Uh, all right, douche boss. Where are we here? Um, the finish line. He is one of those guys who. Okay, his boss is a complete dick. All right, and he says uh, he's one of those guys who got bullied all through high school and now actually has some control and takes it out on me and uh, and the other employees. How did you figure that out? Is that you just like psychologically breaking the guy down? Do I have to tell you something? There's nothing worse than watching somebody. Uh, abuse their position of power, however however small it is. You know, like this guy right here has no right getting mad at like an athlete who goes around being a dick because it's like, dude, you're doing the exact same thing. You just can't run a 440. But your your head space is the exact same place as some, you know, egomaniac fucking athlete. You just, you just suck at sports. So you sell the gear <laughs> to people to, to go play sports. Anyways, he says he even steals out of the register at work and holds the special release shoes for him and his friends. He's 30 years old and tries to fuck the 16s and 17-year-olds who work there. Oh, my God. This guy's a character right out of the movies. You know, I, I worked with a guy like this. I used to work in a restaurant a long time ago. <clears throat> Sorry. I'm trying to get the check cereal out of my throat. Um. I used to work with this this guy, and basically, like, four or five of these guys bought into a restaurant. And the, and the one guy who was going to be there every day, 
who's always the guy who ends up stealing. The silent partners always get fucked. His, his, his buy-in was he had all the, the equipment for the kitchen. So he, 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 I don't know, he had some other failed restaurant. He got all the equipment. And, uh, but anyways, this guy was a cokehead. He used to steal out of the register. He used to fucking uh, try to bang the, uh, not the maitre d', the fucking uh, maitre d's, whatever, the fucking chick who sits you down, the hot one, you know, who dresses classy. That skirt fucking going right over her shapely ass. Yeah, he used to try to fucking bang them all the goddamn time. And when they wouldn't give it up, they'd get fired, and then he'd be bringing a new one. And if that one ended up banging him, then she stuck around. It was brutal. So anyways, he goes, uh, he harasses me and others calling our phones repeatedly, telling us to come in on our days off and leaves voicemails saying we are ignoring him. Jesus Christ, it's my fucking day off. Anyways, he goes, recently, he got the only cool management manager fired because he said he was stealing. I don't really need this job, but would like to keep working here, but don't know how much longer I can take this. Any advice on what I should do would be appreciated. Uh, sorry for it being so long. Go fuck yourself. Uh, it wasn't long at all. It just sounded long the way I read. Um, well, if you don't need the job then I would, I would quit. But what I wouldn't do is I wouldn't leave on bad terms. I don't know. Is it really going to matter? It's not like when you're 30, if you're looking for a new job, you're going to put on your resume, I worked at the finish line. Because at that point, you're going to be into a career. I don't know. You say, I don't really need this job, but would like to keep working here, but don't know how... Oh, so basically you're saying you like having walk-around money. Well, I would just get another job. Just get another job. Start the process of getting the fuck out of there. Like Nothing you're going to say to that guy is going to change that guy, and all that guy can do is kind of make your life difficult if you're trying to get another job uh, at this point in your life. Just know that like he's at the tip of the iceberg of the awful life that he's going to be living. Um, like, the, just... What the, the way he's setting the table, you don't need to do anything to him because he's going to do it to himself. And it would really be bad if if this guy was just such a negative force that you somehow got sucked into it. I know you probably fantasize about punching him in the face or telling the guy to go fuck himself. And then the girl that you have the crush on at the finish line walks out arm in arm with you guys and you start your own sneaker store right across and you watch him get fired. I know you've probably played that fantasy out in your head a hundred times, but uh, I would just get another job. Sound like you don't mind working. You're not afraid of working. You like having the money, but you just can't deal with this douche. So this is a great life lesson. You do not need to be surrounded by douches. You have the power. It's your fucking life. Just He's always going to be a douche. Just walk out of his life. Just be like, yeah, you know, I don't need to be around this guy. You know? And then one day when you run into him, after you get another job, hey, how come you uh, left? And just be like, you know, because... Uh, I don't know, dude. You would just and don't curse at him or anything because then it, it gives him an excuse to not see himself and just be like, I don't know, man. You the you just kind of creep me out the way you were always hitting on girls who were like sixteen and seventeen years old. I mean, if that's what you want to do, I mean, you know, it's, that's cool. But uh, you know, I'm just kind of not into that. So uh, you have yourself a nice evening. And you just walk away from him. Maybe it'll work out like that. I have no idea, but uh, I try and get yourself another job. All right. There you go. That's my advice. All right. Here's another next one. Uh, multiple fuck buddies gone wrong. You know what, dude? Just the fact that you had multiple fuck buddies uh, 
It's it's still a win. You know what I mean? It's still a win. You made the playoffs. Um, hey, Billy Boy, first time, long time. I got – I'm going to get right into it. All right. Last weekend, I got a text from a former fuck buddy who found out that I had slept with her friend before we started hooking up. Oh, you know what? Go fuck yourself. All right. You're crushing ass all over the place. You don't need my advice. I probably need advice from you. That's only, that's a secret goal of, of a certain percentage of guys is like, what if I can fuck her and all of her friends before they all figure it out? You know what I mean? It's sort of like an action movie with your dick. And <laughs> can I stick it in all of them before the bomb goes off? And, uh, and can I get out of town like fucking De Niro in Heat before when I see all of them coming up? With the how dare you. Haven't you ever fantasized about doing that and you were so good that as mad as they were, they all reminisced about how great you were and then all four of them come over and be like, ah, we're all fucky at the same time. If you haven't had that fantasy, God bless you because you're evidently a way more decent a human being than I am. So anyways, with that, here we go. Um, He goes, she sends me. Anyway, let me just refresh your memory here. Last weekend, I got a text from a former fuck buddy who found out that I had slept with her friend before we started hooking up. She sends me a pretty heated two-page text about how much of a dog and douchebag I am for sleeping with her friend, then fucking her the same weekend. Yeah, dude. Dude, you're a legend. You're a fucking legend. What is the... Dude, all you can do... It's just stand there with your hand at your sides, take the slap to the face, and just know that, yeah, you're a hero. Dude, you banged her friend and and her in the same weekend, and you're, you're, you, you don't front a, a successful band? I mean, that's, that's you know, my, hats off to you, sir. Hats off to you. Anyways, he goes, now in reality, I had slept with the friend in late May, and then starting hook, hooking up with the fuck buddy in early September. Oh, okay. So she tried to make it more dramatic. That's still great, dude. You, you, you seamlessly made the shift over the summer. You're still a hero. Um, anyways, he goes, to go into a little more detail, the fuck buddy had gone on several dates and fucked once three. Oh, I had gone on several dates with her and fucked once three years prior when we were both at college. But then shortly after, she lost interest, and we remained as friends for the next few years. When I say friends, I mean the occasional text and seeing each other maybe three or four times. All right, so what is her fucking problem? What is the rule? Shouldn't the, shouldn't the second one be mad at you? Because you fucked the other one first. I don't, I'll never understand... I'll never understand... What, can I, any female, if you're still listening at this point... If I have any female listeners at this point, can you explain to me why that makes you mad? You know, because I don't know. There was always like, there was always that girl that like, you know, when I was growing up, like, I can't say me because I wasn't getting anything. I didn't get anything in high school. Big fucking goose egg. I would make my, my. Pussy getting career in high school. I was like the first year the Tampa Bay Buccaneers came in the league and went winless. <laughs> what was the name of there? Gary Huff. 
Was that the name of their quarterback? I was the Gary Huff of, of pussy in, in, in high school. Whatever the hell. I can't even remember the name. His last name was Huff. was the name of their quarterback with creamsicle fucking uniform. I might as well had a suit made out of that when I was in high school. Um, I, but anyways, there, there, were, there were those girls that like my drinking buddy crew, like three or four of them out of the five had all hooked up with her. And none of them swore. None of nobody was mad. Everybody high five. That's fucking great. That's you know we thought it was a great thing. I don't understand why they get so mad. You know what it is? Is I I just think that they want to. Uh, it's a big thing with them that it, that it has to be difficult. And you know, and if you, they, I think they just feel like if you bang them and their friend. They just somehow feel like maybe it makes them feel cheaper that there's just, you're just fucking hitting. It's like you're a machine gun. You're just mowing them down. I think that they really want to believe that they're the only one in that area code. You know, that they're like, uh, that it's like gold rather than like pine cones. <laughs> You got to dig for it. It's precious metal. They don't. They they don't want to feel like they're, they're just like litter in the, in the gutter. Maybe that's what I have no. I have no idea. But I have learned something in this. Fuck buddy is two words. This guy put fuck buddy together. Um, that's how much he's into sex right now. He's got, he's literally like the fuck is is got the buddy part bent over, and it's all one word. They are one. Um. So, anyways, he said to go into a little more detail. Oh, I already read that part. He said so. Fast forward three years. And the friend of hers, that's the future fuck buddy, said that we should hang out after the Sox game. All right, I'm getting lost in this with all my rambling. You know what the fuck? So you hooked up with the former fuck buddy. So now, okay, so this is when, when, when number two comes in before you went back to number one. All right, so fast forward three years later. Yeah, so she didn't give a fuck. So who she should be mad at is the second one. No, but it's been three years. You know, I really don't think anybody has a right to be mad here. All right, whatever. We should hang out after a Sox game. Of course, I see this as a green light because whenever a girl that you really don't know says we should hang out is codes for I'm down to fuck. Exactly. Did you hear that uh, guy with the fucking bassoon? You got they, they speak in code. We should hang out sometime. That, that's literally, that's what that means. If they say, would you ever think of taking me out? That means they want a relationship. We should hang out sometime. That's what that means. Okay? And I'm not saying 100%. I'm just saying. It's, it's looking good. You're getting waved around by the third base coach. Um, anyways. Where the hell am I? Oh, for fuck's sakes. I, I apologize, guys. When a girl says that, you're down to fuck. So, oh, so anyway, so we end up fucking, and she gets on a plane the next day to study abroad in Europe for the summer. Exactly. She wanted some shoving off dick, you know? Let me get a little last piece of America before I go over to Europe. Tremendous. Anyways, fast forward three months later, and the fuck buddy, all one word, says that I should come over some weekend to hang out. Green light. We bang. It's great. And we continue to do it until the end of the month when I fly back to the place that I now live. 
So a few days ago, I get the heated text saying I'm a dog, I'm a douchebag, and she thought I was a friend, etc. I say that there's nothing I can do or say to change what happened, and the only thing that I can say is I'm sorry if I hurt her and that I am an asshole. But my question to you, uh, Mr. No Relationship Psychology Degree Comedian, is am I a dog for what I did? No, you're not. You're not. And fuck these women who call you up and use you like a fuck stick. All right? They called you up because they wanted some dick, and you gave it to them. All right? You gave them what the fuck they asked for, and then she's going to turn around and get mad at you? And then you apologize and say, yeah, I'm an asshole? You're not an asshole. But you know something? I don't think you think you're an asshole because you're out there crushing it. You're just fucking saying what you know this girl wants to hear because probably six months from now she's going to fuck you again. Right? You're not an asshole. You didn't hit on the other girl. She said, hey, we should hang out sometime. Okay? She's giving you the green light. You know what I mean? You're a guy. You have to take that. You got to take it. Women don't understand that because they can get laid every night of the fucking week if they want to. They don't have to have any game. And they, it, for us, it's, it's, it's work. It's a skill. Okay? So when somebody, when it's, it's like you're in the wild. You got a free fucking meal. You're going to take it. You know, I learned that in Australia when I was looking at those poisonous snakes. And like, why does that thing have enough venom to kill 200 mice? Why does it need that much venom? It's because it's out there in the fucking, the outback. And out in the outback, food is scarce. So if you get a shot at something, you got to fucking take it down. And that's what the hell you did. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fucking dog. You know, it's like, you know what? Fuck you, lady. I'm a dog. Then, then you're a whore. If I'm a dog, you're a fucking whore. Did I call you up? Did I come around sniffing up your skirt? No, you called me because you wanted some dick, and I gave it to you. How about a fucking thank you letter? Dude, you really should have come at her like that. You really should have. And I got to tell you something. On some fucked up level, she would actually respect you. As long as you didn't call... Don't call her a whore. All right? But she fuck. She... So... What What is her relationship with you? You guys barely talk, and, like, whenever she's in a, a dick dry spell, she fucking goes over to you like your Hertz rental car and just fucking just rides your dick, and then you're supposed to be exclusive and not bang her friend who's cut from the same cloth who wants to get plowed before she goes over to Europe? This is your fucking fault? You're the one that should feel used. You know? Neither one of them wants a meaningful relationship with you. Uh, you know what? This is what I say. Just don't even write them back. And you know something? Fuck them again. Just bang them again. Who gives a fuck? Next time you see her, she wants to give you a dirty look. Just like, I, I don't even react to it. What, 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 a, what a fucking, what a bunch of bullshit. Oh, my God. I can't believe that. Like, you, we don't have a relationship. I'm just going to keep saying the same thing fucking over and over again. Why don't I? Look at me. I'm stuttering here. Do you know the other day I was watching the, uh, I was watching the Texans when the Patriots played the Texans Monday Night Football, right? And uh, some lady at the, at the, at the, was watching with us and she started giving Bob Kraft shit. For having like a, a 35-year-old girlfriend. And for those of you who don't watch football, Bob Kraft was married forever. 
had a family, and his uh, wife, unfortunately, uh, died of cancer. You know? So she dies of cancer. You know, he stuck by her side, did the whole damn thing, and then now he's got a new girlfriend. And she's 35. And women are mad. They're upset about it. They're upset by it. And I, I don't... Uh, I don't get it. You know? If I die of a disease, I, I, I don't want fucking Nia to be sitting here like some spinster. Go out go have a good time. I'm dead. I don't give a fuck. You know? Unless I'm a ghost and I'm sitting there watching it, then I wouldn't like it. <laughs> but I would just fly away. Why would I sit there watching it? You know? Start haunting them every time they were going to have sex. I wouldn't do that to somebody. I just don't understand why, like, um, it's not like he went out and got with, like, a 17, 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old girl. She's 35. 35. At 35, if women aren't married, they're freaking out. Right? They Look, I, you know what I love? I just love that they get mad at the guy. And it's like, what about the girl? Why is she with them? Okay? If he's some sort of, like, you know, oh, he's just there because he wants a hot girlfriend. Then what about her? She's just there for the money. So then it, it works out, doesn't it? I don't know. Whenever like shit like that goes on, that really taps into the cynical part of me, which, you know, if you listen to this podcast, God knows it doesn't take much. But um, sometimes I just, I just think that it almost taps into that fuck buddy thing. They just don't want to know how easily that they could be replaced. Yet they want you to feel they don't give a fuck if they, if they try and make you feel that way. All those stupid songs, Beyonce, that, that to the left, to the left, you know? That whole song is like, yeah, just take your shit, get the fuck out of here, I'll have another guy in two seconds. You're, you're that easily replaced, you know? And they, they love those songs. Those songs, are they consider them fucking empowering. But then when they see a successful guy with a, you know, a nice closet full of shiny ties and his own sports team, when they see that he can still fucking pull down some 35-year-old ass, they get mad. They start judging his character. Even me and my mom, we had that discussion. Well, I just don't think that that's – I just – I'm sure that there was somebody in their 50s that he could have. Who the fuck wants to get with a 50-year-old, even if you're 70? You know? I don't fuck. You know what I mean? You, you know, you're starting over again. If you got a fucking old car and you trade it in, you don't trade it in on a fucking another old car. You get a new one. You know? You fucking ride that thing into the ground, and then you get another one. I don't know. I'm just saying I don't have a fucking problem with what the guy's doing. All right? That's it. All right, everybody. If you like, if you enjoyed this podcast um, and you'd like to support the podcast and in a roundabout way support the uh, Wounded Warriors Project, go to BillBird.com, click on the podcast page, and click on uh, – the Amazon link. If you're going to buy anything on Amazon, not saying you have to, but if you've got to buy something, just go and buy it. doesn't change the price, but uh, because you went through my website, they give me a little kickback. And then I take a portion of those proceeds, and I give it to the Wounded Warriors Project, so everybody wins. 
You're helping out the podcast, and more importantly, you're helping out the troops. And then that seems I'm kind of whoring out their plight to increase money that I'm making. I don't know. There's something wrong about that whole thing. I don't know I'm doing a good thing, but it's just the way that whole thing's set up. I, I, I'm almost doing like what the NFL's doing with, with that pink shit. You know what I mean? Instead of telling people the foods that they can eat to, 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 to knock down the potential of getting cancer, they just have everybody running around there dressed like a Barbie doll. And I, don't, I don't get it. And I'm guessing somebody's making some money off of it. All right? That's all I'm saying. Um, all right. That's the podcast for this week, everybody. That's the pod. P-A-W. D cast. That's the podcast for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, NHL hockey. I have given up on you. I've given up on you. I've, I've, I've threatened that I was going to get the, uh, whatever the fuck the NBA packages and they had it for free for two, three days, which was a great idea. And I watched it and, uh, I'm enjoying watching the Knicks, my Celtics and watching the Lakers lose. And I'm just, well, I guess I get the Lakers game out here all the time. Do you know Bill Russell wrote some book basically describing how he made the guys around him on his team better? And I was reading this Bill Simmons article. It was making me sick to my stomach because I I couldn't finish reading it because I think Kobe is reading it, which would really be devastating because I don't think Kobe has ever progressed beyond where Michael Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan was in about 1989 when Michael was trying to do it all himself. And there's nothing better as a Celtics fan that when Phil Jackson isn't coaching and Kobe is just trying to do it all himself, there's nothing fucking better because he's going to score 30 and they're going to lose. And uh, that's what I love seeing. (laughs) Oh, wouldn't that be ironic if it took a Celtic to teach a Laker how to fucking win? Wouldn't that be something? All right, that's the podcast. Go fuck yourselves. I'll talk to you next week.